Well, we're going to continue in our series in the spiritual discipline of fellowship. Last week, we saw that uh, John's purpose in writing his epistle, his first epistle, was for the purpose of having fellowship with other believers, and that that fellowship was only possible if we have fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We cannot have fellowship outside of first having fellowship, a relationship with the Father and with the Son. And we saw how that is what makes joy complete. To have fellowship with the Father and His Son and each other is what completes our joy. John said in his epistle, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, that logical connective, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our, or your, joy may be complete. Today, as we look in particular at verses 5 through chapter 2, verse 2, we will see what it means to walk in the light so that our fellowship with God is not impeded. We have three headings for today. Proclamation, contrast, and cure. Our text is found in 1 John 1, verse 1 all the way to 2, 2. So I would ask you to stand with me as we would pray and we would read from God's Word. Let's pray. Father, as we come now to Your Word, we are insufficient in and of ourselves to understand what you say to us. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to come while we know you're here already, that you would guide us in all truth, that you would make known to us the words of life, the mystery of godliness. Lord, that we would, as a people, strive after holiness without which no one will see the Lord that we will desire to walk in the light as you are in the light so that we have fellowship with the Father and we have fellowship with one another and so that Christ would be glorified in and through us. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. This is what God says to us today. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We see this proclamation that John makes again. So again to what he says. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. John is again reaffirming the truth that John heard this message from Jesus himself. He is not proclaiming what he wants to proclaim. He's not proclaiming his own ideas about God. He is proclaiming what God said to him. He is repeating what Jesus has taught him and the other apostles. You know that Jesus himself did not say what he wanted to say. He said what the Father told him to say. This is what Jesus says in John 12, 49 to 50. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. You know, this command is the same for you and I. We are only to speak, teach, and believe what God has written in His Word. We are not at liberty to deviate from it, to change its meaning, to change its terms, or say, well, it doesn't really mean that, or it's archaic. Every problem of the church today, every societal problem, or let me, let me change it. Every compromise within the church today started because they began to compromise. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Once that became up for debate, everything else was going to follow. And now sexuality, marriage, all changed, all different Everybody says, well, God's this. No, God doesn't. We need to believe what God has plainly stated within His Word. We are not at liberty to muddy the waters, as it were. We are not at liberty to to you. God is light. You sit there, you go, what? What's that mean? Well, this is the first of three definitive statements that John makes about who God is. God is light in 1.5, God is love in 4.8, and God is spirit in 4.24. We must understand who God is as revealed in His Word. We must understand who God is as revealed in His Word because there is no other view of God other than what God states about Himself. I like what David Jackman writes in his commentary. He says, If our view of God is distorted, everything else is bound to be out of joint. Boy, that is true. Everything else 
is going to be out of joint. Our whole world is out of joint because they do not care to know what God says or care to follow what God says. They actively suppress the truth and have been handed over to be deluded in their mind. But what does John mean by saying God is light? What does he mean by saying God is light? And we might automatically say, well, I know this and I know that. Well, let's, let's see what Scripture says about what it means that God is light. In the Old and New Testaments, God is associated with light. I'm going to give you just two verses you can study for yourself. The rest. In Psalm 104, verses 1 to 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent. In the New Testament, Paul, writing to Timothy, says that it is God who dwells in unapproachable light. He dwells in unapproachable light. So what does John mean by saying God is light? Well, there's a few possibilities, actually. Is he referring to the visible manifestation of God's glory that John saw on the Mount of Transfiguration? I don't think it's that. Is he referring to the light of God revealing darkness, of, of the light of God revealing darkness as he wrote in his gospel? Remember what he wrote in the book of John? And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people have loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Is he referring to the penetrating power of the gospel? Is he referring to the light of God, which is the life of men? which he also says in his gospel, John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The best understanding we have and probably is the correct understanding is that what John actually means, the light here is the moral perfection of God. The moral perfection of God. And John uh, spells out this truth in the negative actually. By stating negatively what God is not. Stating that in God there is no darkness at all. He must therefore mean the moral perfection of God or God's holiness. Let's know again what it says. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you. That God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. David Allen, in his commentary, writes this. Literally, in Greek, the statement reads, There is no darkness in him, none. John employs a double negative. Poor grammar in English, but both good grammar and good theology in Greek. Grammatically, this is the strongest way to express emphatic negation. In other words, there's no stronger way in the Greek to say no. No, 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 no. That's what we would do, right? Grammatically, this is the strongest way to express emphatic negation. Not only is God light, but there is absolutely no darkness, not one scintilla of darkness, moral imperfection in Him. In Him is no shade, speck, or stain of moral imperfection. In Him is no fault, failure, or falsehood. In Him is no deceit, deviation, 
or dishonesty. God is light refers to God's moral perfection. God's moral perfection. We have learned already through John that Christian fellowship is only possible if one has fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Again, remember what it says in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that your fellowship may be with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so therefore, if God is light and God is morally perfect, and in order to have fellowship with the Father, we also have to be morally perfect. The only way that we can have fellowship with the Father is if we ourselves are morally perfect. That is why fellowship with Jesus is so important. It is not just that we have fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We have fellowship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. God is light and darkness cannot dwell in Him or with Him. That is the point. That is why John points out the contrast his audience was dealing with in the false teaching of the Gnostics. And I don't think I set it up well when we began 1 John, but John was writing to combat a heresy of the day of the Gnostics, who in in essence, in short, said that what is spirit is good, but what is flesh, it doesn't matter. So you can sin in your body and with your flesh all that you want. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, you would even be making God's grace all the more. Didn't Paul say, what shall we do? Shall we sin that grace may abound? He uses that emphatic negative. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. John was combating error. We have the same, many of the same errors today. Well, it doesn't really matter. God doesn't really care. No, God cares, and God cares greatly. John points out the contrast. He says in verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have fellowship while we walk in darkness, remember darkness means to not be morally pure, we lie and do not practice the truth. Well, none of us are morally pure. Not a single one of us. We do sin. How do we not become overwhelmed by the crushing weight of this fact? That I am not morally pure. That I am not holy as God is holy. How do we overcome that? It says it right here. God is light. He's morally pure. If I say I have fellowship with God, but I walk in darkness, I'm lying. The truth isn't in me. How do I overcome this? Well, before we give up and say there's no hope, it does pay to understand the words of Scripture. The key is actually found in the word walk. The word walk, peripateo. To live or behave in a customary manner with possible focus upon continuing continuity of action. 
Do you sin? Do I sin? Absolutely. Is it habitual for us? Are we walking in it? Not caring. Not worrying about, well, that's different. If my conscience is seared as with a hot iron, I have no fellowship with God. It's not saying that we can't sin, that we don't sin, and, and we don't have fellowship with the Father. We sin, we don't have fellowship with the Father, but we can't say I'm walking in the light when I'm actually walking in darkness, we're lying. Those two are incomplete. They don't complement each other in any way, shape, or form. They are diametrically opposed to someone. So how do we deal with the weight of our own sin? Knowing our own selves. I like what Alan says in his commentary. He says, first, if someone within the church lives contrary to the gospel on a regular basis, there is good reason to question the genuineness of his or her conversion. Second, it is possible for Christians to sin, live in periods of carnality, and yet be truly saved. The Bible affirms both these realities. You know, that's true. You can be in a state of sin for a while and still be truly saved. The question is, or really the reality is, is if you're truly saved, you won't want to stay there. The weight of it will just overwhelm you. Your bones will waste away. As David said, he goes, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. But as soon as Nathan came in, and Nathan said, you know what, David, you're the man. You're the guy that did this. You're the murderer. You're the adulterer. You're, well, I believe he was a rapist too. That you are the man. And as soon as David confessed his sins, he was free. He didn't stay there. He couldn't live there. What about us? Are we okay and comfortable with our sin? It's much easier to point to someone else and go, oh, I know your sin. Remember, my sin that I have, that I struggle with, always looks a lot worse on you than it does me. You are way worse than I am. You do it to a greater degree than I do. If while we are walking in darkness, we say we have fellowship with God, we are doing two things. It says we lie and we do not practice the truth. The truth that John is speaking of here is the gospel of the good news of Christ coming into the world to save sinners. The contrast to walking in darkness is to walk in the light. Listen to what he says in verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Jesus cleanses us from all sin. To walk in the light is to be aware of my own sin and to be eager to confess and forsake sin. When I do that, two things happen when we walk in the light. We have fellowship with one another, as is said in verse 3, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. So cleansing is the blood of Jesus that it cleanses us 
from all sin. Are we striving to walk in the light? Aren't we a nation and a culture that is very comfortable with sin? Just look. Some of you older people, if you were to look at television today, you'd be like, what has happened? I mean, it used to be that Lucy and Desi, even though they were married, slept in separate beds because they didn't want to show two people in the same bed. Now, we were, the, sh- the TV was on and the show was on the other day, and the guy right on just said the F word right out there. And I'm like, did he just say what I thought he said? Yep, there we go. That's where we're at. Look at the billboards we see driving down the highway. They, they leave, they take, <laughs> there's nothing to imagine. We live in a, the botcher society. We as believers need to be on guard that we're not falling into that. James Boyce says this concerning the verse. He says, The fact that John speaks of cleansing from sin using the perfect tense of the verb indicates that he does not understand walking in the light to mean perfection. Rather, he means a genuine and continuous pursuit of holiness out of which increased fellowship with other Christians and confession of sin will come. It is this that must characterize all who know God. Boy, that is true. The fact that John is speaking of cleansing from sin using the present tense of the verb indicates that he does not understand walking in the light to mean perfection. Well, I feel good already, but I shouldn't feel comfortable with my sin. Rather, he means a genuine and continuous pursuit of holiness out of which increased fellowship with other Christians and confession of sin will come. It is this that must characterize all who know God. Do we have a desire for holiness? This really struck me because I know me. You know me. My family sitting here, they know me. It's not meant to beat us up but it's meant to sober us up, maybe. Look at the next contrast that John says. Verse 8, if we say we have no sin, or in other words, if John is saying, if we say I'm not sinning, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Sin, harmatia, guilt, failure, or error. The scriptures explicitly tell us that everyone has sin and does sin. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. We deny this truth, and we are in a society which denies the fact of sin. It's no big deal. Do what you want. It's your truth. Live your truth. As long as it doesn't affect me, have your own truth. Fact is, everybody's truth does affect you, doesn't it? If we deny the fact that Scripture says that all are sinners, and there is such a thing as called sin, John says we deceive ourselves. We deceive, planao, to wander off the path or to mislead. Isn't that interesting? Didn't Jesus say that there is a path 
of which we follow, to wander off it, or as some who would hold the title of a clergy are misleading people in sin. We're warned about the consequences of being deceived from others and being self-deceived by ignoring the truth of the message of the gospel. Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, says this, because they were going off. They were ready to be deceived and be misled off the path, to go down the path of works as opposed to grace. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. We need to be careful. Saying God doesn't really care. Doesn't really affect anybody. Just affects me. No, it affects God. The consequences of of denying that we bear the guilt of sin... John says, is to be devoid of the truth. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The truth. What is the truth? The truth spoken here is the gospel, that God is light and in Him there is no darkness. And to have fellowship with God, we must also walk in the light. We must walk in the light so that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's the truth of the gospel. That truth is not in us. I don't believe that Jesus' blood can cleanse me, make me pure. I don't need it. So why do I want it? To walk in the light means to be actively striving to keep God's commands out of love for God. To not be striving for obedience is to not have the truth, as John says later on in the gospel. In John 1, 2, in 1 John 2, 4, he says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But there is the opposite of this. I love what John puts here. He says, if someone says he has no, no sin, he's deceived and the truth is not in him, but, it's not a bad but, the quote Mr. Oates, it's a beautiful but, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, it was all going downhill to there, right? Wait, there's a way out of this. To confess, homo legeo, means to admit, confess, acknowledge bad behavior. And if you see there in parentheses, 1 John 1, 9 with the plus symbol. In the dictionary of biblical language, when that plus symbol means, that is the only place it's found in Scripture. This particular verb form of the word confess. That if I confess, I admit, I confess, I acknowledge what I've done. Don't keep silent before God. He knows anyways. Whether you know it or not, he was right there next to you, whatever you did. Because he's everywhere at the same time to the same degree. God's never caught by surprise by your sin, nor is he ever going to be caught by surprise by your repentance. 
confession of sin is coming to the place where you honestly, this is what um, David Allen says, and his con- confession of sin is coming to the place where you, I love this, honestly agree with God about your sin. Honestly agree with God. I love that because God is the standard there. What God says. I need to agree with what God says about my sin. Not try to convince God that I'm a, that really God you don't understand. It's not that. But no. What God says is the foundation. Confession means genuine contrition of our sin and a genuine seeking of forgiveness. Jesus said if we know the truth, it will set us free. How freeing it is to have our sin and guilt removed by God. Listen to again what John says. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As David said, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Loved ones, I have to ask you. I have to ask myself. Are my sins covered by Jesus Christ? Am I walking in the light as he is in the light? Do I think that I can go on living my life any way I want? Adding God to it? Thinking that, well, if I just put a little Jesus here, it's going to make it better. You know, I'm going to score points with the man upstairs. I was talking with somebody the other day, sharing the gospel. And he told me, it's, oh, it's good. I have the man upstairs. Well, there is no man upstairs. There's God who is light, who is holy and perfect and just of which every single one of us is naked and bare before him of whom we must give an account. There's going to be no escaping. We may think, oh, I got away with it. No, you didn't. One day you'll stand before a holy and a righteous God. And we'll be weighed in the balance, as it were. And here's God's holiness, and here's my sin. Is the balance going to be even? No. God's holiness, I, do not, I don't meet the standard. But God says, if you confess your sins, you know who I am? I am faithful and I am just. And I will forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is faithful and just. One of my favorite scriptures, we should probably know it by heart by now, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. God is faithful and just. The Lord passed before him, that is Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord. We sang, Before the king who needs nothing. When God said to Moses, The Lord, the Lord, the self-sufficient one, the self-sufficient one who has life in himself, he's letting Moses know, even though Moses already knew, you bring nothing to the table. There is not a single thing you can do for me, Moses. I don't need you. You need me. And because I know you need me, I am a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Well, if you've been coming on Sunday nights, you know what all that means. I hope you come tonight. 
but will by no means clear the guilty. Oh, it was all good up to there, wasn't it? I will by no means clear the guilty. Those who harbor their sin, who do not confess their sins, to the only one who can relieve their sin and their guilt. He says, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Well, what does that mean? That the consequences of your sin may be generational. Have we confessed our sins to the Lord Jesus Christ? Or do we use 1 John 1, 9 as a get-out-of-jail card? Because it's not. Through genuine contrition, confession of sins. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know that peace today, loved ones? If not, why? Why? What would prevent you from hearing God's voice today? Does the scripture say today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Right where you are. The depths of your heart cry out to God, forgive me. God will grant you his mercy and his grace. Do that. If you have, if you want to, come talk. Well, right after service we have a meeting, but hang out for a couple minutes. I'd love to talk to you. Don't let this go by if God is speaking to you. You will do it to the detriment of your own soul. Finally, John says this. Well, finally, in the contrast, if we say we have not sinned, we make him that is God a liar and his word is not in us. In other words, what he's saying here, if we say, I've never sinned. I've had people say that. Oh, I've never sinned. So engrossed in themselves, so into themselves, that they can't say, well, I've done nothing wrong. It's all, it's, all, it's all about me. It is a very sad state of a person's heart to be this arrogant. The result of that attitude of heart is that God is made out to be a liar. God said we have all sinned, and God is not a liar. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. To say that we have never sinned is in essence to say, I'm God. Therefore, His Word cannot be in us, because we don't believe we need His Word. You know, that's really what happened with the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. Rabbi, what must I do to be saved? I know I need something, but what must I do? Well, you know the commandments? Oh, I've kept them all. Really? Why don't you sell everything, give to the poor, and come follow me? Oh, no way. It says Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He was sad for him. I would ask the question again, because I have to ask it of myself. Am I anesthetized to sin? Do I tolerate sin? Do I tolerate the sin in my own life? Do I tolerate it when it's on the television or the movies or from the people around me? I think of Lot. 
Lot chose to go live by Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know if he knew what kind of people they were when he chose. The Bible says that he saw the better field. says something right there about Lot. And he chose it. But Peter tells us that his righteous soul was vexed daily as he lived amongst those people. How often are we vexed at sin that we see? Does it upset us? Does it crush us? Or does it only upset us when sin affects us? When one of our loved ones goes astray? Does it crush us? Does it upset us? Does it break our hearts to see the effects of sin? Does it affect us? Do we, the, are, are, are we broken of the fact that just last night 10 people were killed in California? For no reason? Does it bother us that a six-year-old shot a teacher in Virginia? Does that have any effect on us? Do we read those headlines and go, huh, another day in America? Because it actually is, isn't it? That's what's the sad part about it. Does it bother us at all? Let me put it there. It's not to beat us down. But we're told to examine ourselves. And if we have, and we're saying, you know what? God has been speaking to me. God has been telling me I need to, and you know what? Maybe, maybe the old preachers when I grew up, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I need to get rid of the television. <laughs> old Pastor Kenny, full gospel Pentecostal tabernacle used to call it. Maybe I need to put something on this to help me be accountable to somebody else. The depth of evil that I have in my hand that is available to me is vast. You too. And how dependent upon are, are we of these? How many of you have forgotten your phone at home, got to Walmart, and we, uh-oh, and you just were like, what do I do? What do I do? Just go shopping and go home. <laughs> That's what you do, right? You understand what I'm saying? What kind of things are we letting in? kind of guards do we have? Have we failed in this or somewhere else? Well, thanks be to God, there's a cure. There's a cure. Listen to what John says. My little children, I'm writing to you. I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. I want to keep you from sinning. I don't want you to go off in the air. And just by way of reminder that we can say, but you just don't understand how, how overcome by temptation I was. Well, there is no temptation has overcome you except that which is common to man. And the Lord will make a way of escape for you. We've just chosen not to escape. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. An advocate. Parakletos. A legal advisor, a pleader, a proxy or advocate. One who comes forward in behalf of and as the representative of another. 
We have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous. How great it is to know that if I sin, there's nothing I can do. I sinned. I can't undo what I've done. And yes, I may bear the consequences, and you will bear the consequences of it. In this world, you will. But before the Father, before, the Lord, before God the Father, just, I mean, the picture is this. Here I am, before the Father, guilty. Guilty of sin, as we say, right? I'm naked and I'm exposed before the Father. I am at His complete mercy. And I see God holy and perfect and just. And I know the justice that should be mine. And I'm almost, almost like this. And in between me and the Father steps Jesus Christ. He says, it's covered, Dad. It's covered. The blood of Jesus covers me. Have you been washed? Have you been washed? We have an advocate. He is, as John says in 2.2, He is the propitiation, the covering over of our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. That is not universal salvation. That's just saying that God's grace in Christ Jesus, His mercy is so... You cannot outsin God's grace. There's more than enough to cover you. There's more than enough to cover me. Loved ones, our desires to have fellowship with one another. And we only have that through fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And we only have fellowship with them if we walk in the light as He is in the light. Have you gone off the path? Are you burdened by your sin? Are you desiring to be restored unto God? Know that Christ loves you with an everlasting love and desires to completely restore and renew you. Cry out as David did, as we read this morning in the Psalms, and we'll end with this. Let this be the cry of your heart. And when you cry it out, if you do, rest in it. Know that it's been applied to you and move on from there. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will delight in you. Deliver me, O God, from blood guiltness. O God, O God of my salvation and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you, do, you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. For you will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. May our hearts be broken and contrite before a holy God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that as we learned last night in couples, you tore the veil. And in doing that, you were saying, come in, enter in. Have fellowship with me. Lord, we thank you that behind that curtain is the seat of the atonement, a covering of our sins in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we pray that you would forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. And help us, Lord God, to desire truth in the inward parts so that we would have true, joyful fellowship with you and with each other. And so that Christ would be glorified in us. We ask it for the glory of Christ alone. Amen. Let's close in this all. Please stand as we close in doxology. Let us sing his praise. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated.